Hey, it's Bill Simmons. We're not just reacting to the NBA playoffs on my podcast. We're also doing it on the Ringer NBA show and the Mismatch podcast. They are coming after some of these NBA playoff games. Check it out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights on the Ringer Podcast Network. It's the Mismatch presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon. Joining me as he does every Thursday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Cannabis, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Conflict. Kevin! Got a quick question for you. All right. Do you think the Boston Celtics are NBA Finals contenders? I mean... I think I got to say yes. (laughs) I think the fact that they're a game away, I think you got to say yes. I think I got to concede. Isn't it crazy it it turned into this, Chris? One game away after starting off as, are they sleepers? Maybe. Are they contenders? Maybe. Here we are. I mean, it's crazy. They were in 11th place. In the Eastern Conference. Unbelievable. In January. That's crazy. In January. They were in 11. Isn't that something else? It's outrageous. Yeah, it is. And it's now been four months of the numbers saying, you know, that that they've been the best team over the course of the last four months. It's not just a recent thing. Um and it was deciding whether how much stock you wanted to put into, hmm. you know, 538 was, you know, had them right there at the very top. <laughs> of these, I mean, I, I, this is the best win for 538 since the damn Obama <laughs> thing. <laughs> they hadn't gotten nothing right since Obama. <laughs> and now it's like Obama and the Celtics. That's the two things they got. They nailed. You know, they tell me Gorgie Jang is like the third best defender in the last 10 years. But they got this right. I'll give them that. It's shocking. <laughs> Gorgie Jang catching straight from Chris Vernon on a Thursday morning. Uh. Biggest shock. <laughs> biggest shock I've had since the McMenamin uh, Malika thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Coming up. We're coming out blazing this morning. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. All right. So uh, the, the, <laughs> the Celtics right now, I thought I thought Ime Udoka summed it all up last night. I thought he summed it up. You know, Udoka, you know, he wears his mask. Like sometimes he gives like Belichick type of answers. Like he doesn't give you a lot. But sometimes he gives you a very great insight. I thought last night he gave you this. This is a quote from him. He said, you saw in the Brooklyn series, guys were wearing down. Game seven, Yana slowed down. But having all those bodies to continue to throw at people wears them them down physically and mentally, making it tough. As long as we don't give them easy baskets with our guys, we're always confident they'll get it going and figure it out eventually. I thought I thought that quote, you know, it's simple, but 
kind of tells you the story about throwing bodies at players. Like, like in, in the Cel- this Celtics team, they're so big defensively. Mm-hmm. Their ability to switch, their ability to sometimes drop in the pick and roll, like second half, they have Grant Williams on Butler, Al Horford defending Adebayo. You got Grant Williams going under screens, Al Horford in a deep drop. We saw how they were switching a bunch of everything last round. It's just they have different ways of defending you, different ways of slowing you down, different way of, get, of getting in your airspace. When you have Marcus Smart and Robert Williams back on the floor, you saw Robert Williams, his ability to, to help inside and close out blocking P.J. Tucker corner threes. That's what they do. They just constantly throw bodies at you. Despite playing every other day, they don't seem like the team that runs out of energy. They're just inconsistent. And that that's that's where like you still give Miami a sliver of hope in the series, but uh, I'm still continuing with Boston and six in this. How about the, you, Chris? The quote that stood out to me post game was Kyle Lowry, I sucked. Um <laughs> <laughs> he said that after the game. <laughs> Is that the true? Heat, the heat <laughs> Is that a real he- quote? Yeah. I mean, it was. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if that. I don't know if those were the exact words. It was terrible or something to that effect. I don't know if he said I suck, but it was something to that effect after the game. <laughs> oh Look, for six, right? And oh for nine for Max Struess. Well, they got big problems on their hands. This this series yeah. we knew is this series has been awful. By the way, awful. Yeah, you know, in terms we, in terms of entertainment, it's it's been awful. Yeah, yeah. We we have talked about at the very beginning where it was like game one, uh, you know, we have heat up by 20. Game two, Celtics up by 34. Heat up by 26 in the next game. Next game, Celtics up by 32. Next game, Celtics up by 23. I mean, these these margins have just gotten crazy. At least we had, you know, maybe we should just be uh, grateful that we got a reasonably competitive half of basketball. Maybe we can't get too greedy that we got a uh, competitive half of basketball. But look, as you're talking about the bodies too, it's because they have those bodies available and ready to go. That while Tatum has a shoulder injury, he played one of the highest, he logged one of the um, most minutes games he's ever had last night. Uh, You know, he's out there for 44 minutes of that game. They had their top seven back, and they're banged up. Smart's banged up. Rob Williams is at his thing. But they had their seven guys back, and in this war of attrition, the Heat, have, like, they've completely broken down as this series has gone on. You have Tyler Hero over there in sunglasses and an outfit sitting on the side. You know. Looks sharp. He, he, he great. said He the said white, he was, white linen. He said good. he was hopefully going to be able to be back and ready to go for game five. He wasn't ready to go for game five. You And, you know, we talk about all the time, the muscle injuries are ones that are super scary because you could try to play through them, but you might be a, it, you can tell guys aren't right. And that has been the case. It has been to their detriment that they have even put Kyle Lowry out on that court. That's not Kyle Lowry. That, that is an imposter. I, I don't know that, I don't know what percent you want to put on it, but it's less than 50. You're not even getting a 50%. Kyle. He's awful right now. Um, you have Jimmy Butler. Since he had that injury in game three, he's come back. He's averaged less than 10 points. He shot 22% from the field. And that's when he even looks at the basket. He doesn't even look at the basket. He's not right in any way. Um, and then the last two games, the Heat backcourt, they're one for 28. Jeez. They're one for 19 from three. And, and yes, part of it is for sure Boston's defense. Yeah. But come on, bro. One for 28. That is so extreme. Like, I don't care what kind of defense you think they're playing. One for 28 is, it's like impossible over a two-game stretch. Yet, that's where they are. And so, they have broken down physically, for sure. Um, While Boston has gotten healthier as this series has gone on. And that is the benefit of having the amount of guys that they have. And that their extra guys not only have been 
available, they've been big difference makers. You know, we know Tatum's stats. We know how unbelievable Horford's been. I believe he's got the highest plus minus of any player in the entire NBA playoffs. Um, he's been sensational. But Rob Williams and what he brings yep. to the table uh, when he is the best version of himself or whatever that is right now, the best version he's capable of being. And then the Derek White thing. I got to be honest with you. There was a, when, when the Celtics are pulling away in the third quarter, there's one moment, you, you'll remember this play, where it's another like run out for Miami off of, I don't know if it was a turnover or a miss, but is White's not the, even in the screen. Is this the, he, late, the late third quarter play? It was, it was after a make. And it was a steal. Yeah, so it was, it was after a make, I think, by Tatum at the rim, right? And, and then Derek okay. White was right at the basket. And this is this is the play I think you're talking about. Oladipo and Adebayo on the break, and Derek White, not even in the screen, flies out of nowhere, intercepts the pass, and it didn't turn into anything. It, he threw it out of bounds. Right. But it was just the, the pure hustle yes. for him to get back in that play after a make and intercept the pass, like, like it summed it all up. It did. It's emblematic of what they were able to do to that Heat team last night. And they always talk about playing with force and that level of hustle. I mean, that's just straight-up winning plays. And he, did that, he does that all series too, right? Derek White, like, shots. When Derek White is making shots, that's the cherry on top. Oh, like, how he, about when he, they... He brings everything else to the floor. Would they say, well, you know, he started the game with the first seven points or whatever it was in the last game. And then this game, he was five for five to start the game. I think the rest of the Celtics were one for a thousand. And, I mean, and, and, and he was getting some of those buckets by screening and rolling to the basket yep. as well. Like it wasn't even just like, oh, spot up threes, cut to the rim. It was like this guy's setting on ball screens. Yep. He's setting eight on ball screens per game for Boston in the postseason. He's. And he's done a good job at it on some of those little short rolls getting to the rim. It's been cool to see him do that. Well, and those extra guys that we talk about, they've been great for Boston. They just have not for Miami. In fact, they've been downright abysmal. You know, when when they are banged up and their best players can't be best versions of self and not even close, we saw Jimmy Butler earlier in this series. He's he's not that guy right now. No, he's not. Kyle, Kyle Lowry has absolutely no business on the court. Max Struess couldn't hit a shot to save his life last night. And Duncan then, Robinson is even getting minutes again. Yeah, and you need the Oladipos of the world to step up. He was horrendous. He had that one finish. He was like, looking like old Oladipo. And I'm like, what? Guy averaged like 27 points a game or some crap. It's, he's like got one bucket. He's got five turnovers. He's awful. Like all of them. I mean, Combined and look, it was downright historic what they shot from three. They shot seven for forty-five, which is their worst in three years. And it's that's a unbelievable. Second, seven second, for forty-five. Seven yes. for forty-five. That's hard to pull off, man. It's impossible. <laughs> seven for forty-five, and it was the second worst in NBA history uh, for a team that shot over forty. Mm. They, uh, you know, as I mentioned. You know, Struess, he's 0 for 9, 0 for 7 from 3. Kyle Lowry can't make anything. And and we talked about this on uh, last, uh, earlier in the week. Like, they have to have great Jimmy Butler. They have to have great Jimmy Butler. And certainly the hero thing has been immense. Because, as we mentioned, it's outsized is important. I know he was sixth man of the year. I know he's great this year, but it's outsized his importance because you look out there and you there's there's certainly times where you're going, who the hell is going to score? Yeah, who's going to uh, score? It, that that that's the tough part here for Spo, right? Like in game six and seven, you you already so you bench Dwayne Deadman and then you're promoting Duncan Robinson to give him more minutes, and you're going with PJ Tucker at the five, so you're trying out more Duncan Robinson dribble handoffs. You're trying out Tucker at the five. That didn't work. That didn't work. Well, then you're thinking about game six. Well, zone hasn't worked. The Celtics mm -hmm. are scoring against our zone this series. Um, is it a different zone? Is there a different 
Do we trim the rotation even more? Uh, do we pull Kyle Lowry out? Well, I mean, maybe not because of how poor, how much you need shot creation. Like you kind of have to bank on Lowry having some moments. I, I just feel like the, the Celtics have had an answer for everything the Heat have tried throughout this series, whether it's you know defensive adjustments or offensive adjustments. And granted, it's only three two right now. Granted, Miami and Eric Spolstra are some of the best out there with adjustments. It just feels like Boston has an answer for everything, especially when they have Robert Williams and Marcus Smart on the floor. And there's no reason to believe those guys won't be back again, both be back again for game yeah. six. And in series, there's always an, an ebb and flow to a series, right? Yeah. And it typically feels now we have been stunned throughout this because it certainly looked like the Sixers were in trouble and then they went and dumped Toronto. It certainly looked like the Mavs, uh, you know, were not able to win at all at Phoenix. And then they win, you know, the seventh game by 30-something points. But Chris so, Paul fell apart. Right. Like and, he, but, he, I mean, he collapsed. Like it's, it's, I don't think anybody in this series is going to have that happen to them. Yeah, but are, for, the, but are these, yeah. Mag- are, are these, are these Heat guys going to magically get healthy? Yeah, I, I just don't see it. Like, I just well, think this, it, the, the team's too, to too banged up. It's too and banged have, up. They have to turn the Celtics over. That's the truth. They can't play the half court. And I know that some Celtics fans bemoan their half court offense. Let me tell you something. Especially with the banged up Jimmy and the banged up Lowry and no Tyler Hero. The last thing the Heat want to do, I mean, because it's just handoff, handoff, jack a three, miss a three. That's what it was the other night. Like they have to get their buckets in transition they have to get that game moving up and down that's how they had their success when they played with that kind of force earlier in the series and you saw last night Celtics stopped turning the ball over and Jalen Brown was an absolute monster in that third quarter just so by far the best player on the floor he was he gets in those zones, man. I've mm. seen it. I've seen it in person. He gets in those zones, and if you only watched him for five to ten minutes, you would go, "Oh my god, this is the best." Play. I mean, he, he can't miss. He can't miss, and he looks unstoppable because he's going to the rim and he's hammering on people. But then he's pulling up from the mid range, and then he bangs a three. It's like. He scores at all three levels, and you don't notice that he's not, you know, he's not doing a bunch of dribbling, right, which has been kind of an Achilles heel. He he gets on some heaters that are pretty spectacular for sure. Yeah, he's, um. I mean, when Jalen Brown turns it on, it was that I think he had two dribble pull-ups over Gabe Vincent end of the third quarter before that real fourth quarter explosion happened. Like it's kind of weird. Like Boston still had some moments in the first half where, you know, the ball's slipping out of their hands. So they're forgetting how to dribble, just like we saw in recent games. And like you got Jason Tatum, his arm, he, he had that stinger. He was holding his arm in the first half and he comes out second half and looks so much more like his normal self as well. He's playmaking all over the floor. His passing was outstanding in terms of drawing defense and creating open shots for others. And that Jalen Brown, like you said, man, like sometimes he just, he gets in that zone, dude. Well, yeah. Well, not, and, I, and I misspoke fourth quarter. Cause it was the beginning yeah, of the fourth. Yeah. yeah. It's it the begin- late, late, late third. Yeah. Yeah. Beginning started. of that fourth. And he ends up with like, what, 14, I think, or 13 or 14 points yeah. in the, in that amount of time. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, he had, I think like most of the buckets happened like over last two minutes of the third yep. quarter, first three minutes of the fourth quarter, where it was just, He's hitting absolutely everything. Those corner three-pointer, he hit off a movement. Um, yeah, and like you said, some of the spot-ups, he didn't have to dribble. He was just, you know, on fire off the catch. It's weird to watch both of these series, and I don't think there's... The, the fluctuation between the Mavs and the Heat and what they look like when they're at their best and what they look like when they're bad. It's just so extreme. Yeah. And it, it, you can't just say, you know, 
it's down to making shots, right? When they make threes, you know, I, I read this morning when the Mavericks make 17 threes, they're like 20 and three this season. Okay. So that I could tell you some of the story and that seems like a very high number, but they shoot a million. Um, and then the heat, I mean, they shoot 45 last night. They make seven, seven threes. I don't know what number you think is a reasonable number, right? <laughs> but I think we could all agree that is so far below reasonable. Um, if you're taking 45 of them and I do think that they, those two teams are very dependent upon that shot going in. And when it goes in at a high rate, they look devastating. And when it doesn't, my God, they look like they can't score. And, but, and, and then let me say this on the heat thing. There wasn't just like, oh, they missed some shots. You know, they, you know, if you get those shots again, then they'll make a bigger number, right? Like, I'm not so sure because these misses were bad. Yeah, a lot of air balls by Jimmy I mean, Butler in that second half. Yeah. Air balls, slamming it off the backboard, just straight bricks. Like, it wasn't like they're bouncing in and out or like, you know, landing soft on a, on a rim and it's just, oh, they just ribbed out. No, these were like carom 40 yards away threes. I, I, I didn't get it. Um, yeah, they're in. They're in a world of crap going to Boston. You know what that friggin' garden's going to be like? You know. Yep. I mean, just, just imagine the heightened pitch for a game six closeout to be able to go to the finals. Oh, good luck. It's going to be special in there. Yes. Yeah. Good luck. For an elimination game? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be nutty. Yeah. And this is exactly the position that Boston needed to put themselves in. Not that they can't win in Miami, of course. But... If they could get that six to be the elimination game, and so they get that game at home, I do think that their home crowd has a profound impact. And it's just human nature that, you know, it can have an effect on the officials, for sure, right? I mean, when you're constantly hearing you suck or bullshit or whatever, you know, whatever they're cheering, right? It's a little bit harder. Now, I know that the last game, uh, you know, that Miami won there did get very physical, but Celtics didn't have any problem going to the free throw line in those games. No, and, no. And so I just think they are, they are set up. They are set up to be able to, uh, to pull this thing off. But, I mean, we saw... We saw Miami do it, or I mean, I'm not Miami, uh, Milwaukee do it. Milwaukee had a chance to go. They got the game six at their place, and they didn't close out the deal. And next thing you know, they're, you know, they're headed to Cancun, mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Well, hey, man, like, for, for things to be different, obviously, Jimmy Butler needs to be better. You know, you need Max Struess, somebody to be able to hit shots from behind the arc. And Bam Adebayo. He has 18 points in last night's game, but that's misleading. So much of that came a bit yeah. later. Um, Meaningless. He, yeah, he, he's going he's gonna to have more nights like he did with that 31-point night. And Robert Williams being back um, and looking great, that doesn't bode well for Bam either. No. No. The, because... Celtics, the Celtics don't even at times seem worried about him. Like, well, like they also they're, they're have playing big... drop coverage. They're, they're yeah. not worried at all. Well, and they have a big problem, too. Miami has a big problem in that, uh, you know, last night you saw where the Celtics had Grant Williams out there. Mm. And, you know, they didn't they didn't even have Williams out there along with Horford. And I don't know if it's because he was banged up or what, or maybe it was just an EMA move. But he ends up coming in midway yeah. through that first quarter, right? And that's when the Heat usually shift to playing small and playing Tucker at five, and they couldn't do it. No. And there's no other big guy to go. Once they've rendered uh, Dwayne Dedman useless, well, now your only choice is to leave Bam in the game. And so they did. They just left him. He didn't sub out like you should like uh, you would normally sub out, and that's because Rob Williams is coming in the game. I can't have P.J. Tucker out there with Rob Williams, like, that doesn't work. And so, I mean, the truth is, they got to make a lot more threes. 93, honestly, 
If I'm Miami, I am sitting back and going, well, we got to win games we give up 93 points. End of story. We go up 93, that's a totally acceptable number. We have to win those games that we give up 93. 80 is the issue. And when you're trying to figure out how 80 gets better, well, when three of your top four scorers are not themselves, two of which will more than likely be unavailable, Lowry and Hero, who are the second and fourth leading scorers on that team, and Jimmy is a shell of himself, who's the first leading scorer on that team? I mean, again, where are you getting the points from? Where? Where? I mean, that's that's what it exposes. When there's no hero and there's no butler in the sense that he's playoff Jimmy, who was destroying everyone, including the Celtics, once this thing started, but has since game three has just been just a bad basketball player. I mean, he's just 22% from the field. You know, Kyle Lowry shoots zero percent, and then, and Tyler Hero's laying on the sideline. I mean, they got—I don't know where you're getting the points from. Yeah, but I mean, when you when you combine the fact that individually Butler, you know, Lowry, these guys just don't look like they are healthy, um, and you combine the fa- that with the fact that so the Celtics defense has been like an outlier level of great since January, as you said earlier, when they were eleventh, and now they are, you know, this ridiculous defense with length and versatility and intelligence and I mean they're so connected like it's it's crazy just watching them on defense with their rotation they are so on point with where to be playing like little you know pieces of zone with man-to-man like combining the two what they do is crazy the and the fact that the Celtics are doing this with not no time off like they haven't had more than one day off since after game two against Milwaukee back on May 4th it was the day after that game. That's the last time. May 4th, May 5th, until May 9th. Remember that stretch where they had a Tuesday game and they didn't play till Saturday yep. against the Bucks. That's the last time. This team has been, you know, seven-man rotation with guys in and out of the lineup for basically this entire month. And they're the ones that have not completely broken down. Yeah, like it felt like Miami did last night. Yeah, and, and maybe Miami fires back. I just don't see it happening in Boston, and I go Celtics in six. We saw it with the number one seed in, in the West. Yeah, That team broke down because that team is Chris Paul. Make no mistake about it. Team is Chris Paul. And as Chris Paul goes, that team's going to go. Mm-hmm. And he broke down yeah. as it went on. The playoffs are heating up, and you can make every game feel like Game 7 on FanDuel Sportsbook, an official partner of the NBA. Throughout the playoffs, all customers can place a no-sweat same-game parlay every single week, and they'll get up to $20 back in free bets if you don't win as a refund issued as a non-withdrawable free bet that expires seven days after receipt with a max free bet of $20 per week. FanDuel has so many different ways to play, and best of all, when you don't win, you'll get paid fast. You can check out the most popular same-game parlays on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. There's game lines and totals, player props, alternate spreads. And if you're new to FanDuel, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code MISMATCH. That's promo code MISMATCH. And by using that, they'll know that we sent you. And if you already have an account, you're all set to bet. Either way, you'll get up to $20 in free bets if your same-game parlay during the playoffs doesn't win. FanDuel Sportsbook, an official partner of the NBA. 21 plus in select states. Refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max free bet $20 per week. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK to 467-369 in New York. Tennessee Redline. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit 1800gambler.net in West Virginia. And we say that to now wonder aloud um, as we pivot to the Western Conference Finals. It's going to be fascinating to see with the Luka deal um, because it is a extremely high usage. It, they had to bring it back. It would have been nice to be able to let him coast, but because the others could not hold on to what was a crazy lead, they couldn't hold on to that. 
and the bench of the Warriors came storming back in that game. It forced you to put Luka back in that game the other night. But when he's played as many minutes as he has, he has as high usage as he has. It's, you know, it's every other day and travel. And at some point, does he just give out? Um, It certainly did not appear so the other night. For that one, which was 30-14-9 he had in that game. Uh, But I think it's always a concern, especially when you have uh, just so much riding on one guy's greatness and that kind of how he sets up everybody else. Even when that game got close, he came in and either scored or assisted on every single bucket down the stretch. Um, And they need super Luka to be able to try to extend that series against the Warriors tonight. Um, And it's been hard. It's been hard for a lot of these guys to not break down. And so not only does he not need to break down, he's got to be amazing. But did you see anything in that last game outside of the Mavericks just making a million shots, especially to start that game, that made you think that Dallas has a puncher's chance at keeping this thing going? Yeah, I mean, there's always a puncher's chance, you know, you can... When you have Luca, you, you always have a chance when you have Luca to win any game. Um, but but I'm with you, Chris, with what you said there about you need super Luca. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he's ten for twenty six in that game four. You know he's magnificent. You know don't get me wrong, but the fact that they win the game with Luca shooting below forty percent from the field, only three of eleven from three, um, that that speaks to how there's a higher level because we know Luca's capable of more. He can give more than that. He's had better individual games in this exact series. So, I mean, if you get a, a an A plus or even an A minus, Luca and your teammates are hitting shots, and you're not getting you know totally ravaged on defense by that Warriors motion, yeah, you got a shot to to win another one and extend the series. Well, that's what it speaks to. Is you say he shoots under forty percent, uh, the team for the first time all series, shot over 50% from the field. So it tells you what the others were doing <laughs> to bring that number up. You know, it's it's kind of impressive that he's 10 for 26, and yet the team shoots over 50% from the field. Now, a lot of that is they shot 20 for 43 from three. You know, and it was the exact opposite of what we had to talk about on Tuesday. Where, I mean, I had some Warriors fans mad at me like, yo, they miss all those threes because of the defense because they have to guard the motion offense. And like, shut the hell up. These guys are wide ass open. Like, make a shot. Also, I think we did allude to that during our conversation. Like, I know I, I know we talked about it on a void weekend pod with Sam and Kirk, but I'm pretty sure I, if I, I didn't listen back to the show this week, but I'm pretty sure we mentioned, you know, the challenges and how guys are playing 40 plus minutes and how that wears you down. I think we did. Right? Yeah, pretty sure we did. I also don't think that that is right. Like, so what? They weren't tired from guarding the other yeah. night because oh, and that's because that's just because the Warriors' offense wasn't working or what? Come on, like these guys, they get <laughs> wide open threes from this offense. Luca creates wide open threes for them all the time because of the attention that is absolutely essential on him. If you don't want him to go totally berserk. Um, and he scored a lot of points anyway, but mm-hmm. you know, Reggie Bullock and uh, Maxi Kleba and these guys that were couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. You know, Finney Smith stepped up big in that last game. He gets you twenty three. That's something. That's the kind of thing that you're not counting on, right? Like you might be able to count on if I told you Luca's gonna go big. If I told you Brunson is gonna go big. It's who's the other guy? Who's the other guy that is going to, like, step up? And I'm not talking about, like, just make a couple shots here and there. Like, you had Finney Smith go big the other (laughs) night with the 23. And so who – they need Finney – maybe it's him again. But they need somebody, and especially with the amount of minutes he plays, he's got to be really, really good, you know? 
and he he can be too for sure man uh, yeah i mean you need you need things to break right like whether it's a big Bertons game or whether it's a big Bullock game or a really cold Steph night, right? Mm -hmm. Like you need things to break right for you. And I mean, I I was, I was 14 when I saw the Red Sox come back from down 3-0 to the Yankees. And, and I'll never forget Kevin Millar saying, I think it was before game four. He's like, you know, we win tonight. We got Pedro game five, Kurt Schilling game six, and you never know what happens in a game seven. Um, the fact they did that, then they went on to sweep in the the World Series against you know against the Cardinals, like it is crazy. The eight days in October, right? Like it's amazing the Red Sox were able to do that. Three three one comebacks are amazing. Three zero comebacks are even greater. Um, so you can't you can't ever rule it out from happening. But against this Warriors team and the way we've seen that team pop and develop and play the way that they did in the West Finals for the first three games, Game Four just. It feels like, you know, just kind of a, a it's going to be a gentleman's sweep here going back to Golden State to play a home game at game five. But you can't you can't ever rule it out. You just you can't ever rule it out, especially when you have a player at the caliber of Luca. So I, I hope I, I would love if the series got extended a little bit just for the theater and the dramatics of a potential game six going back to Dallas. Like that would be really entertaining if that were our Saturday night getting to watch that uh, game where it's like, ooh, because then it's 3-2. Yep. That's where it's like, ooh, ooh, could it actually happen? That's where things really get interesting. So, um, you know, I'll, I I can admit that I am rooting to at least see a game six. Well, but, uh, but especially, yeah. uh, look, <laughs> especially because of how uh, abysmal the other series has been. Like, we just haven't, we we'll want some kind of drama somehow. Yeah, exactly. Right? I know. Like, if we don't get drama with individual games, can we at least get it with the series? Right. And if, if these are both just, you know, uh, the Warriors just wipe the floor with them and the and the Celtics just wipe the floor with them, then, all right, then we could just get ready. But that that's not even going to start until June 2nd. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. Exactly. I, I guess those teams will get a little time to rest. And Yeah, they are. They're going to get time to prep. It's like the Super Bowl off week, the bye week, right? Well, and the other thing is that I... We've been doing this show for a long time now, Kevin. And so we've been through every different iteration of the playoffs, the bubble, everything else. And there have been times where, I mean, we're talking about what Denver needs to do in the offseason and how the Clippers are going to match up with the Lakers. And then next thing we know, <laughs> Denver's playing against the Lakers in the, <laughs> in the West Spot, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, we, we, that's that's happened. Um, I saw like the chances that that Dallas was going to go win in Phoenix, much less demolish them. I mean, that is so that was so far fetched to me. And so now I I feel like I've kind of learned my lesson. It's why I didn't want to make any. Of course, I think the Celtics have a distinct advantage, and it looks like. There's very little reason to believe that the Heat would have any chance. But we've seen some – I've written teams off. We've both written teams off and seen crazy stuff happen. And so after the Mavs did that to Phoenix, I'm not going to rule anything out. Um, They are so dependent. If they go 20 of 43 again from three, Golden State's got a problem on their hands. If they go twelve for forty three, they don't. It's well, the, the the one the one thing working against Dallas though is that, as far as we know, Steph Curry is not going to turn into a bench warmer like Chris Paul. No, did. no, that's for sure. Um, like I said, I mean, it's a difference in what twenty four points. If they hit twelve of their forty five threes that they'll inevitably take. You know, versus if they hit 20 of them, the 24 point difference is probably going to decide whether or not it's just better. Are they going to make a bunch of threes or not? And certainly you see the downside to the three being dependent upon three pointers in that Miami game last night because you can't have the seven for 45. And as the series goes on, theoretically, it should be harder to make them, right? Everybody's got tired legs. Everybody's got tired legs. Defenses 
know you much better. Maybe the threes that you are getting are not the ones that you got at the beginning of the season because they've decided to not let you get short corner threes or whatever it may be. So I know that, you know, the threes could change, but Dallas seems very, very dependent on the randomness of are you hot from three or not? If they're hot, they're going to have a chance. If they're not, they're going to get run out. Hot or not. Yeah. Hot or not. <laughs> was that was that the old uh, Facebook Zuckerberg thing? Is that what he did? Was it uh, hot or not? Yeah, what was that? It's kind of uh, it's kind of like a hot or not type of yeah, website. He, by, by the way, I, I watched Lego Batman last night. No, you did. I, I did. Yeah. After the uh... <laughs> yeah, I did. After the game, I stayed up a little extra late uh, to to watch it after getting some stuff done. And I can't wait to hear a review. You were right. Laughed right from the opening. <laughs> even, even before the even before the movie actually kind of starts, yeah. you're laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, take that Superman or whatever he says. Yeah, he's really always good. so happy. Yeah, he Superman. I love it. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, his, like his password was like Iron Man. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, it was really good. It was entertaining too. Like it, it had a little bit of everything. Like the action scenes were good. The, it was funny throughout. Yeah, it was a really good movie. Thank what you was for the recommending. And then, and then they, they throw in like adult stuff too. Oh, totally! Yeah, like that little that little orphan kid comes up to him and yeah. he's like, uh, "My name's Richard, but the kids call me Dick." And he and Batman's like, "Kids can be so cruel." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, I even like, he's got like right jokes, the, man. Batman's got I, jokes. I, I even like right at the beginning of the movie where it's where it's like, <laughs> you know, we have eleven you know million sticks of dynamite. 16,000 pounds of C4 and we're requesting permission to fly over the most crime-ridden city in the world. <laughs> it's like, permission granted, sir. Yeah. Seem like good guys. Yeah. <laughs> Seem like good guys. It's no. so good. Good. I'm glad you liked it, man. People, yeah, it's, it was very it's funny. Fun. It's legitimately funny. Yeah, it was. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Lego Batman was a shocking, <laughs> I mean, amongst the kids' movies, Lord knows I've seen them all. It's do you, do you like how movies kind of like flex, you know, all the IP they have, you know, like they, yes. they just put everything in there. Yes. <laughs> like I have Lord of the Rings in there. Yeah. I like that too. They have I know it's cool. I know. I like that. Yeah. You know, uh, what was that? Who, who did that recently? Oh, God, it was. Yeah. What was the movie? Space got, Jam. Yeah. I think people got mad about it with Space Jam, right? It's Which when is, they get, know. it's when they get to like. You know the the game versus the monsters or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they look around in the crowd and like everybody's there from every movie for the last <laughs> hundred years. So you yeah, know what look, I mean? look, look, it's like flexing in the mirror. Yeah, you know what like, I mean. I don't mind though. It's kind of funny. I like I like it. It's cool. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you if if you're not gonna get sued for doing it, right? And you got the properties. <laughs> yeah. Today's episode of the Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. When you're a homeowner in the military community, peace of mind is priority. And USAA Homeowners Insurance has the award-winning service to give you just that. They'll help you protect your home and what's inside of it at the high standard their members have grown to expect. If you have to file a claim, the process is transparent and easy. And you can do it all right in the USAA app. And they offer many discounts to help their members save. That could put your wallet at ease, too. Visit usaa.com slash homeowners to learn more. Eligibility restrictions apply. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates. San Antonio, Texas. All right. A couple other things that we do want to get to. All NBA came out yesterday. Uh, anything? I did not go through your entire ballot, though it is available to the public. Uh, so anybody I, I, was, I did not have Kyrie on my ballot. <laughs> Poor Jalen. Well, I don't want to say poor Jalen. I mean, yeah. that was that's terrible. He he apologized. I on, know on countdown. He voted for a guy that <laughs> he, he voted for a guy that played less than thirty games. 
<laughs> I thought that was funny. Less than 30 games. And, well, and the, the only reason it matters, and this is because, you know, for sure it's always going to come up. And I know it came up with Tatum not making all NBA last year and now this year that when you're talking about $30 million difference, the the expectation is that everybody that's got a vote takes that very, very seriously, you know, and that stuff like that can't happen. Now, luckily it didn't cost anybody. It didn't cost anybody, uh, you know, a huge sum of money, but the, the point is that it could have, it could have, right. And if somebody's up for a contract, the amount of money that the, and it's a totally different argument, whether or not it should be tied to that. And I know you have your feelings on that, but in the current state it is. And so the expectation is you can't, you can't just do that flippantly because, and, and, and also, I mean, that's not even just flippant. That's like, that's insane. Come on. Kyrie Irving who bailed on his team the whole season. And they, like, it's, it's of all the people to vote for. It's crazy. It's the, it might be the craziest. I got a kick out of it. Of all the, of all the people. Uh, so anyways, uh, how did it match up with your ballot? I, I uh, had uh, I had the same 15 guys for all NBA, except the only difference I had was I had LeBron on my second team, DeRozan on my third team, and the final results had DeRozan second team, LeBron third team. So same fifteen guys, just one difference between DeRozan and LeBron. You had Siakam third. Yep. You had all and Trey. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Good job by you, Kev. Yeah, sure. I, yeah. I suppose you know I'm happy that it, that it worked out the way it did. I'm I'm glad you know nothing egregious happened. You know, uh, it was those wild. Results, but yeah, it was good. You know, it was wild. I was looking at him yesterday, and I was going through it, and I was like. Uh, LeBron is the only player on the entire list that didn't play in the playoffs. Wow. How crazy is that? Wow. Of 15 guys, LeBron is the only one that didn't play in the playoffs. All NBA. Which is wild. You know what I mean? When you think That's about crazy. it. Yeah. You th- I mean, you think about it like you know, clearly he had a very, very good statistical season, but we typically penalize people for not winning. And we, you know, we we certainly, uh, you know, coaches try to sell to kids at a very young age. If you win, the individual accolades will come, right? And, and that has been, by and large, true over the years. Um, if you're on the winning team, then it doesn't matter if some guy on the losing team has a lot better stats than you, you are going to get the benefit of the doubt and you're going to get that individual accolade. And so I think for for LeBron, when you've got whatever it is, 18 years of track record, you know, people would think it's crazy to not have LeBron named one of the best 15 players in the league at the end of the year. But it is pretty rare that there's only one guy on the whole thing that didn't play in the playoffs. And it's him. Yeah, I'm, it's strange, but that's the place the Lakers are in right now. That's the place they are. But you have LeBron. It's it certainly wasn't his fault uh, necessarily. He you know midseason LeBron's playing center without AD. He averages over thirty points. He's a shapeshifter. He turns into whatever his team needs him to be. The mm-hmm. expectation going in was that he's not going to have to score as much as he did. But then he nearly leads the damn league. Yeah, but could you say that about everybody that is on a sorry-ass team? I mean, we do that every year, right? Where we say, well, not because of him, right? They're not bad because of him. You know, they're bad because of something else, right? I mean, that that's the way yeah. it works. Yeah, yeah, usually. I mean, I mean, he was unbelievable, though. Like, Brad right? Beal led the league in scoring a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. I mean, the difference between LeBron and Beal is LeBron does so much more. Yeah. Beal's scoring was his main thing, but playmaking was okay. LeBron was, you know, great as a playmaker, especially given his circumstances. And he was, you know, playing center mid mid year for, you know, a five week stretch, whatever it was. And he was really that team should have made the playoffs. Yeah, they should have made way. yeah. They should have either. Yeah. Way. They should have got guys underwhelmed. And, and I mean the other thing with all NBA is is like we were talking about like had had Trey Young not made it because of, you know, some goofy votes. Well, now you have Trey Young. He's eligible for a bigger contract here. 
So like you have him now eligible for 30% of the max rather than, you know, 25% like he would have been previously, which gives him a bump. The Hawks might be over the luxury tax line now, which could make it harder for them to build around. Same with Towns too, right? Yep. He can make more as well. Yeah. There's a couple of those guys that it did have a profound impact on the contract extensions that they can sign. Um, another thing I want to ask you about is uh, the Brooklyn story. Oh, yeah. You think this is going to carry on, that this is going to be one of our summer topics? The whole KD the, hasn't talked like the, to management. Well, that, wait, this is, this is by Christian Winfield. Yep. Right? Yes. And, and that was in the New York Daily News mm-hmm. yesterday. Um, yeah. So, Christian, he, well, so what did he have in there? He had that KD and the hasn't talked to, ha- man, ha- hasn't talked to spoken, management. Right? And, and then. And the author that, expresses, yes. and then Kyrie, I don't think this is going that great. Yes. And then Kyrie as well, they said that no guarantees that he gets the extension, right? right. That's a, those are the two main things Christian had in that story. I think you could have drawn that from Sean Mark's post, post-season yeah, press. Yeah, sure. yeah exactly. Right. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. With, with, uh, it connects to what Sean Marks was saying there. The part about Katie not speaking with management, that's a little strange, isn't it? Uh, especially when Kyrie Irving said that yeah. him and Joe and Sean and Kevin were going to get together and build the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you think KD feels about playing with Kyrie moving forward? How do you think he really feels? Unfiltered. You know, he's hanging out with his friends and Rich Kleiman, and he's talking about how to win a championship in Brooklyn. Do you think he, he sees Kyrie as part of that? Um... Katie is not an idiot. You know, like he's this also guy, a very difficult guy to read. Yeah, he is. He's t- that's what I mean. He's very difficult to read. And I do think they're legitimately friends. They are. They are. You know what I mean? Like, like real yeah, friends, not just like yes. some of the some of the situations where it's like, um, like I don't think him and James Harden were really friends. Right? They just played. Well, they played well together. Yeah, they played well, and they you know they're friendly. They're yeah. acquaintances. They worked out together in the summer. They got this harebrained idea to all get together and force his way there and whatever else. They could pull it off. Yeah, LeBron and Kyrie at the time weren't buddies. You know, I think these guys are like actually like friends. Yeah. And so I are. do think that's a little bit different. But, uh, you know, they got swept out. Uh, Christian Winfield uh, says a potential disaster is brewing. Here, here, here's the two things that matter, right? The two nuggets are and I'll just read these. This is why, as I've already written, the Nets championship hopes hinge on an amicable solution with Irving, whose personal decision not to get vaccinated and unpredictable injury history have led the Nets hesitant. And now, according to a source familiar with the Nets thought process, are outright unwilling to give him a long-term extension. Okay, there's one. The second one is, if Irving leaves outright as a free agent this summer, Disgruntled by the Nets' hardball stance on his availability, Brooklyn doesn't have the cap space to replace him with a star, which means Durant, entering year 16, could be playing with a questionable Ben Simmons, who's had back surgery, and a roster full of role players. That's a first-round exit at best. If Durant stays to see it, according to multiple sources, Durant and the Nets' front office have not spoken since they were swept out of the first round. In layman's terms, if Irving leaves the Nets, it wouldn't be a surprise if Durant becomes frustrated with the organization's ability to put a champ- championship pieces around him. The idea is you're in like a you're in the catch twenty two on this Kyrie thing, right? It's the worst thing you could do for your franchise, probably. It's also the way that you could probably keep Kevin in the fold and Kevin happy. Right. Unless, unless it's what he doesn't, unless he doesn't want it, unless he also is like, yeah, let's see, let's see what we can do without Kyrie. Well, he, but, but, but the, I can't, but I can't imagine that. What the way? But the that's way why I, he frames it. Yeah, though, Kev, you, you can't replace it. I agree. They, I mean, the way the way I read it is that this is the Nets front office taking back control. Like, hey, we're just going to do what we think is best for the future of the franchise. Period. End of story. Here's the problem, though: you can't replace it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like you can't. But like, I just, I like. Don't you? Don't like from reading that. Don't you get that impression that the Nets are just going to do what they want to do here? 
regardless of yeah. But then I, I, I think he's right. I think that's why he's framing it like this. It's year sixteen. Like you sold your soul to the devil on this one, because if you say we ain't we ain't doing this, we're not signing you up long term. We can't commit to you. Then Kevin Durant's going to look around and go, who the hell am I supposed to win a title with? <laughs> yeah. So he may feel the way you think, but it's also still his best option. If he doesn't have Kyrie, then he's looking around and going, well, hold on now. I'm not winning anything with this group, and we don't have any money to go improve this thing. That's why it's, it's a hard spot, you know? And is this just the dramatic ending to what was them all getting together in the first place. And it's just going to go down in history as an absolute abject disaster. It could, it could. And, uh, I mean, the crazy part here is he's only in year one entering year one of four with that big contract extension, nearly $200 million. So, you know, the net, the nets don't have to trade him. If he was disgruntled, they could say, deal with it and like know that we're going to fix it. We're going to get, we're going to win a championship with you. Mm-hmm. Just give us time to adjust and fix it again. And that's the thing that he doesn't have. It's time. Huh. Yeah. He's older. Coming He'll up. Be. Big injuries already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? He's already lost some seasons. Year 16. I mean. Well, what I'll, percent, what percent chance would you put on it that KD demands a trade this offseason. What percent chance? Hmm. Uh, if they just let Kyrie walk, if they just say we're not signing them, or Kyrie just says, F it. Y'all don't want to give it to me, I'll go get it somewhere else. Whether it's like, it could, it could be sign and trade with Kyrie. That opens up possibilities of getting at least something back. If it's sign and trade, you know, maybe, maybe I think that's the most likely path if Kyrie were to leave because so few teams have cap space. Like, why would he sign to Detroit for that, for example? And why would Detroit want him with Kate? I don't just don't see it. I think it would be, yeah, it it would be dependent upon what they can put around him, and not just him thinking it, but you and I and everybody else in the free world thinking it. That when they put that whatever they walk in with that roster that we go, that's a team that could win the title. Anything short of that, I absolutely could see it. Would you put it under a third, like under 33% or over 33%? Oh, easily over. Oh, for KD demanding a trade this offseason. Over? Uh, given the circumstances and what I just read? I mean, I mean that, that's a high percentage. I thought, I, I thought that I'd probably go like an under. Oh, but but like, you know, you don't have time. And Katie has proved, and Katie has also proven in the past he, he will yeah. lead a team that just blew a three-one lead <laughs> well, to Kevin, the team that did it to you. Kevin, he doesn't care. He doesn't me, care. Well, and let me tell you something. He was just and and he had Kyrie Irving there because of the Mavericks win the other night. There's one team in these playoffs that got swept. One. And that uh, was them. It was Brooklyn. One. Yeah. How far are you away if you get your ass swept in the first round? And now all of this happening. Even if you want to say, like, we didn't think anything of Chicago. Chicago didn't get swept. We didn't think anything. You know, like everybody won a game. They didn't even win a game. You know? So... And Ben Simmons having back surgery and he's 6'11? I mean, wouldn't you if if he if he looks at it and says, we don't have I got no chance of winning a title. Oh God, in a, in a private moment, he's got to think. He's a smart oh, guy. No he's kidding. gotta look around and go, what the hell? I got one guy that just played 27 games, even though he could have played 80. And I got another guy who didn't play at all and just got back surgery. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, where he, am I? I mean, I mean he, he 100% is where at least thinking I? about it. He 100% is at least thinking, well, maybe what would be my exit plan if this doesn't work? At the least, he's thinking that. Well, and the other thing is this, Kev. He's in the very strange position where 
He gave it everything he had. He played that thing out. And nobody would blame him. Nobody. Of course not. That's what I'm saying is the strange position. Very rarely are you in the position where, especially in year 16, where everybody would say, you know what? You shouldn't have hitched your wagon to this unreliable guy. You ain't got nothing to do. You probably shouldn't have hitched your wagon to the other unreliable guy. But now that they've done the Ben Simmons thing and he was never available for you, and now with the Kyrie thing, like, like you, if you want to, if you want to bolt, if you want to go somewhere else, I don't think anybody's going to blame you for that. Because, I mean, I don't know. If if they brought back Kyrie, in I'm saying in a fantasy world, if Ben Simmons is Ben Simmons again, Joe Harris is healthy, Seth Curry is healthy. You know they got. Some other guys on that team, like you would have a chance. You would have a chance at winning the title. But all of those, when you were doing the percentage things, what is a percent chance yeah. that, that all falls into place? Pretty low. Can we flip this real quick from okay. the net from the Nets front office perspective? You're Josiah, you're Sean Marks, you're that front office. Is there any logic on your end to saying, you know what, maybe we should trade Kevin Durant, trade flip Ben Simmons elsewhere? Or maybe just hold on to Ben Simmons and uh, restore his value, get rid of Kyrie. You know, do you think there's any any logic to the Nets stripping things down and saying we'll be bad this year in a year that's going to have one of the best draft prospects of the decade and Victor Wembanyama? Do you think there's any logic to them doing that? I think when you've got two of the whatever, I don't know where you want to rank Kyrie, but he's one of the better players in the league. And you got two of them that, you know, maybe they don't want to certain. You, you try to come to terms on something that is reasonable with him, if you can. And then you still run it back with those guys. And you hope that Ben Simmons has an offseason that he dedicates himself to getting healthy. I mean, when you've got those guys on your roster, you don't tear that down. And for what it's worth, just want to make this clear. Houston has the right to swap their 2023 first with Brooklyn. So Houston Houston has the rights to Brooklyn's 2023 So first. that does you no good. Yeah. And unless, unless both of them stink and, you know, it's, you know, so you run it back, or whatever. So you run it back for another year and you try to, and you pray it all works out. And then after that, yeah, I think that's decision time because the other thing is this. You say if I'm Josiah, the only reason that stuff like that is you you never know what an owner is thinking, but I know this. Outside the Warriors, I think they have the second highest payroll in the entire NBA. And that check is not fun to write. It is punitive, right? That luxury tax bill, and there's not a, there's not a rich guy in the world that wants to write that check and didn't get a playoff win. Yeah. What the hell am I writing a check for? You got to really convince that owner that it's just these all these circumstances and everything else, that that's the reason it was a bad matchup for us, and we never got Ben, and we were supposed to have Ben, and Joe Harris was hurt, and all that, you know. But it's a lot of convincing. And so if you say I'm Joe Psy, I mean, my, my calculus is a little different because I'm losing my ass, and I ain't got nothing to show for it. Nothing. You know, this isn't fun. Why am I writing a luxury tax check for a team that can't win a damn playoff game? Doesn't make any sense. That's a tough one to sell, right? That's Shaw Mark's job. Good luck, you know. And I'm sure he's heard about it every day of his life. <laughs> why am I paying? Why am I paying you? Why am I paying anybody? It's <laughs> the way these guys are. You know? <laughs> I, I can see him. I can see him being rather perturbed for, uh, for good reason. Yeah, I just I look forward to seeing what happens there. It could, it could be explosive. Yep. It could be they run it back and they bring back Kyrie and Ben Simmons and they just tweak their roster and you get Joe Harris back. And I think that's what you try to do for a year. Yeah, I, I think that's probably you know what they try to do. But we'll see. We'll see what happens there. It could be a prove-it year for Kyrie. And then we have Joel Embiid tweeting last night. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the Heat need another star. <laughs> Sixers fans don't like to see that. Well, I'm sure 
I'm sure Daryl loved it too. Yeah, I bet. Right? Mm. That's no fun. No. I mean, it's not wrong. No, no, he's a good analyst. Hey, really good, yeah. <laughs> he, he, didn't, didn't, he, he didn't have Kyrie on his ballot. No. <laughs> Kevin, it is always a pleasure. Thanks to our executive producer, Jesse Lopez, as always. And I will talk to you next Tuesday. Have a good one. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.